You are listening to Audio Drama in a Darker Shade at darkerprojects.com. And now our feature presentation. An anthology of horror and suspense. Tonight's episode, The Carnegie Stone, by Bill Maiden. Gerald, we have arrived. Where? No. When the hell are we, Larson? The year is 1871, the last day of old Chicago. This is the night of the Great Fire. Tomorrow morning, half of this metropolis will lie in smoky ruin. But tonight, anything in this part of the city is ours for the taking. It is the year 2050, and two desperate men have just very badly bungled the robbery of a 21st century mansion. A thin, narrow-shouldered thief by the name of Lawson may have killed the owner of the mansion, and his partner in crime, the fair-haired Fitzgerald, breaks a security beam, triggering the burglar alarm. They'd better hurry, because time is running out. I'm not going back. Follow me. Did you have to hit him that hard? He scared me. Closest thing at hand was that brass bookend. Fighting by an 84-year-old man in a stripedy pajamas? Is he dead? I don't know. Let's get out of here. Who tripped the alarm? They're going to hang us for this. We're over the state line. Here they prefer execution. I'm not going back to jail. It's on the other side of this door. It's locked. This must be an exit to the garage. Give me that crowbar. Never leave home without it. It's dark. This place is cavernous. Let's steal this car. Hurry. What can you see? Wait. He doesn't have a car. We are so screwed. No. Even better. He's got a time cube in here. A time cube? Lars, what are we going to do with the time cube? Help me get the hatch open. Stop! Police! Take us vehicle now. Fitzy, lock the hatch. Flip the red lever. The red one! Now we've got a couple of minutes to think. Just press one of those buttons and get us the hell out of here. I've been waiting a long time to get my hands on one of these units. Less talk and more action. I'm not a killer. I'm a thief. 
He's gonna be okay, all right? <laughs> the way he fell down, I almost laughed. I mean, like Elastic Man. <laughs> now, how do I know you can drive this thing? Every thief has a dream. My dream is to go to Chicago. Enter spatial coordinates. Dial up the desired time. Set the target date. But 1871? Do you know what you're doing? Swing this piece of plate glass to one side. This is the safety. Press the tiny black button. It's so easy, even a rich guy can do it. This lockbox doesn't have a seal on it, Rozcheck. How do we know it's in here? I have the key. No, don't do it. We better make sure, Willie. It's as big as a baseball. All those little sharp facets reflecting the light. It's kind of pink, isn't it? I thought it would be clear like glass. I never saw a diamond before. It's huge. Lock it back up. I'm nervous with the thing just being here. It's worth more than you and me put together. Relax. Nobody knows it's here. And tomorrow, this rock is getting an armed escort straight to the museum. Maybe you can buy one of these for your sweetheart. Then she would marry you for sure. <sighs> Time to make the rounds. Don't lose the key. Bethany's father wants us to wait another year before we get married. She's supporting the family with her seamstress job at the shirt factory. My boy is almost ready to graduate from Catholic school. It seems like yesterday I was teaching him how to go ice fishing. I don't want to move in with her family. My flat is big enough for the two of us. I want to get married now by a justice of the peace. She does too. My son was only a wee thing when I first took him out on the ice. Near the lakeshore was a row of snow dunes, taller than my boy. They looked like frozen waves. I augured the holes. He set out a dozen wood tip-ups, every fish trap we had, all on his own. Is it fair to her family if I take Bethany away? Is it fair to her if I don't? When we got home, it was after dark. The boy was burning up with fever. He had the pox with red spots all over his little body. The wife and I did not believe he would live through it. What time is it? I'll check. You're right. We better check all the doors now. Gerald, we have arrived. Where? No, 
When the hell are we, Larson? The year is 1871. The last days. No, the last day of old Chicago. Okay, whatever. Let's get the flock out of this cube. This is the night of the Great Fire. Tomorrow morning, half of this metropolis will lie in smoky ruin. But tonight, anything in this part of the city is ours for the taking. What's wrong with the hatch? It won't open. Did I forget to mention that? What? One law we can't break is the law of physics. The cube will provide us ways to interact with the past, with the world out there now. However, we can't leave the cube until we return to our own time. So we're inside a jail cell. No one from this period can even see us. The cube will be invisible. If we want, we can hear the outside world. Also, we can see where we are. The surface here. This whole surface is a viewing screen. Christ on a candlestick. It's kind of dark in this room. What are those bags? Sitting over there on that table. Wait a minute. There's money in those bags, isn't there? Actually, those are mail bags. We're in the post office. The post office and the customs house are in the same building. Yes, there may be bags of money in the customs house. That's where the city collects duties on the traffic of goods. But that's not why we're here. I can see the cubby holes where they, where they sort the mail. We're here because tonight, for one night only, inside the customs warehouse, en route to the Chicago Museum, is being held a diamond that weighs 153 carats. The Carnegie Diamond. Well, if we can't leave the time queue, how are we going to steal a diamond? Years of work by a master cutter possessing 160 facets. First owned by the Sultan of Kashmir, currently the property of Mr. Andrew Carnegie. This stone's ownership is about to change. Shifting spatial coordinates to the warehouse. Coordinates confirmed. We're in the warehouse. Look on the screen. That iron box must be where the diamond's being stored. You still haven't answered my question. How are we going to get the diamond? Humans can't interact with the physical world out there, but the cube has a robotic arm and a laser cutter. Just watch. Open microport one, and out goes the arm. Now for the laser cutter. Yes, right through the hinges. Crap! The guards are going to hear that. Maybe, but they still can't see us or even hear any sounds the servos might make. Look at that diamond. It's incredible. that noise? Hurry, the diamond! Uh, I'll help you up. Come on, let's go. Holy mother of God. Look at these hinges. They were melted like wax. Oh, still hot. 
I think I burned myself. Rock, he's gone. Quick, now I'll go to the front. You go to the back. Right. I'll call out to you if... Go! Right. They couldn't see us. They couldn't see the cube. Lawson, let me hold it. There it is, partner. Wow. It's heavy. Now we get out of here, okay? It's beginning to stink in this cell. Anyway, who needs a few bags of full of money when we got this? <laughs> I'll drive the getaway car. We didn't go anywhere. Look at the viewing screen. We're still in the warehouse. It must have created a paradox by lifting the stone. A para-what? A paradox. I can explain. You know that the United States is the only nation that controls time travel, right? Okay. Say a person from the U.S. of A. travels back in time to Nazi Germany. He finds a team of scientists that Hitler assigned to the V-Rocket program. He leaves the plans for the atom bomb on somebody's desk. Hitler's the first to get the bomb. He wins the Second World War. Germany becomes the most technically advanced nation on Earth and eventually takes control of time itself, instead of the U.S. That American guy is stuck in time because the cube he's riding in never got built in the first place. I see. Whatever we did caused the timeline to change. Hold on. This unit has an onboard temporal computer. I'll diagnose the problem, and then we should be able to resolve the paradox. This diamond was removed. Uh, it, it could be fixed. Temporal computer ready. I'm not yet ready to give the stone back. The diamond is still gone. Did you think that whoever took it was going to put it back? We looked everywhere. Roscheck, what do we do next? Still a few hours till morning. We've got to be smart. If I lose this job, I won't be able to marry Bethany. <laughs> Likely both of us will get the sack. This most probably will be followed by long terms in prison. Most probably our freedom, our youth, and expectations of any future good fortune will be lost as well. Please, no. It's not our fault. This can't be happening. Stay calm. I've been thinking of a plan. Could be the only way to save us. The theft must be made to appear as a robbery. Remember where those thick ropes are? Yes. Lying beside the empty rum barrel. You get the ropes. You're going to tie me up. Tie me to a chair. Afterwards, you have to knock yourself out. By banging my head on a light post? No, but you're close. The lamps here inside the customs house, they run on gas too. I read in the paper that a new procedure like this is being used in the hospital to put the patients under. Yeah, but not with this kind of gas. What's the other choice? You end up penniless and you lose Bethany forever. I won't be able to support my family anymore. My life will become a disgrace to myself and to my children until the end of my days. Or a 
No way around it, Willie. Go get the rope. Right. No temporal paradox has been detected. Timeline secure. That can't be right. The temporal controls for this unit are totally inoperable. Please state your command in the form of a question. Can the newspapers from old Chicago be displayed? Please wait. Database contains the following periodicals. The Chicago Times. The Chicago Republican. The Chicago Tribune. Make it the Tribune. Ready. October 8th, 1871. Command error. Requested data is not on file. Of course not. It took a few days for the newspapers to resume printing. Try October 9th. Command error. October 10th. Command error. October 11th. October 11th, 1871. The Chicago Tribune reports on its own destruction. Good. Display contents, please. Forgot to close my pocket watch. <laughs> Can't reach it with these ropes binding me. Willie did a real good job uh, tying me up. Hey, my friend! He's out cold. I figure my plan worked. He hit the floorboards pretty hard. When he wakes up, his head will have a welt the size of a potato. The police will believe the warehouse was robbed by a gang of men. No. The lad is not breathing. I have to get free of this chair! William! Willie! Wake up! God, as cold as the grave. All my fault, mine alone. Stupid, stupid, stupid. Should have been me. My idea, my only plan. Look at what's happening out there. I know, a couple of idiots. He's dead as a doornail. I think the other one called him Willie. Turn off that external microphone. I'm trying to work in here. Next page, please. Summarize. Headline. Post office and customs house destroyed in the disaster. Irreplaceable loss of municipal revenue. Priceless mineral known as the Carnegie Diamond disappears. Life of one guard lost in the fire, known as William Fitzgerald. Scan again for a paradox of the timeline. Please wait. Temporal paradox has been detected. I should have put back the stone. Well, what does it mean? The paradox cannot be resolved. Young Willie Fitzgerald is dead. His last name is the same as mine. That's right, genius. You see that guy lying on the floor? Seems we have found your great-great-great-grandfather. Many times removed. The only problem is, he died before he could start a family. He never had any kids. 
Know what that means, pal? I... was never born. Can't we... Christ, go back in time and warn ourselves? Doesn't work like that. I can't drive this because... one of us doesn't exist anymore. The air in this cube does smell. Pretty soon our oxygen will run out altogether. They say if you die by drowning, your death will be peaceful. I pray it's the same for death by suffocation. But can't we get air from the outside? You brought in the Carnegie Stone, can't, can't we get uh, air the same way? Maybe for an hour, perhaps a little longer. At that point, there won't be any oxygen left outside. Well, why the hell not? Because of the fire. The Great Chicago Fire. Fitzgerald thought they'd escape through time. But they forgot that if the flow of time is disrupted, they could be cast out of the frying pan. And into the fire. You've been listening to Night Terrors, an anthology of horror and suspense. The Carnegie Stone, written by Bill Maiden. Featured in the cast were Jerry Robbins as Larson, Hugh Metzler as Fitzgerald in Cop Number 2, Diane Capen as the Machine Voice, J.T. Turner as Roscheck and Cop Number 1, and James Turner as Willie. The series is produced and directed by Mark Brzee. Co-production by Chris Snyder. Post-production by Matt McLaren. The executive producer for Darker Projects is Eric Busby. This has been a Darker Projects production. So until next time, sleep well. <laughs>